You're listening to Step Aside, Rabbit, and let a true spokesduck take the wheel. Eh, but Taffy, this episode is all about me. All about me. All about me. Everything's all about me. You know, Rabbit, one day I'll be 80, and that day, brother, ooh, that day will be the biggest celebration you've ever seen. All about me. It's my 80th birthday. Will he see my 80th birthday? Sure, Daff, sure. Eh, nobody tell him that his 80th birthday was three years ago. <laughs> Ain't I, you stinker? All right, roll him, Smokey. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? <laughs> Supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello, and welcome back to. Of course, you realize this means podcast. Let's continue this conversation with Eric Bowser, the voice of Bugs Bunny, and so many others in the Looney Tunes world. And stick around after our conversation with Eric for a exclusive interview with Brandon Shedden, the CEO of Cakeworthy, a company dedicated to fashionable fandom. Without further ado, back to the show. We just talked about other characters that had birthdays that just came up and how old everybody is. <laughs> like this franchise has been around a long time. He's the youngest, and, uh, right? <laughs> he's one of the youngest, yeah. And it's so funny that he's the star of the whole thing. Like I know. whenever you think of Looney Tunes, you think of like Bugs is like the, the leader. Numero two. Yeah. And did you know this? There are only 13 fictional characters that have stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 13 so 13. woody woodpecker mickey mouse i'm gonna say bugs bunny mm -hmm. donald duck I, I need to get the list in front of me <laughs> oh man we gotta get that list oh, i'll pull it up uh, real quick but it's it's 13 based on movies and television and then 13 or and then uh five more outside of that fictional characters so bugs bunny mickey mouse donald trump uh <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> wait no that guy's that guy's real, unfortunately. <laughs> He's a real bummer. Wah, wah. Indeed. Uh, do you want to keep guessing? I have the list now. Okay. Uh, Bugs Bunny. Yes. Mickey Mouse. Yes. Donald Duck. Yes. Not Daffy. Not Daffy. Oh well, we need to change that, Mister. Listen, <laughs> I know we're here talking about this Bugs Bunny. It's the eightieth. But we need a star. I need a star. <laughs> I am a star. You are. If a I'm star. a star, I need one. Um, exactly. Popeye. Popeye is not on here. Okay, fictional characters. I, I keep thinking of animated. So fictional, fictional characters. I mean, oof. you said Woody Woodpecker earlier. That Woody one. Woodpecker. That one is on there. I've mm -hmm. I've I've taken a picture by it. I've I've licked it. I've laid down on the street <laughs> next to it. People were like disgusting. This guy is really they they knew they're like only someone who did the voice for this character would do such disgusting, egotistical things. <laughs> um that's all I can think of. I mean, let's please just rattle them off. I'd like to be surprised. Winnie the Pooh? Tinkerbell. Okay, Winnie the Pooh, yes. I can't <laughs> do Tinkerbell, but I can do Pooh. Oh. Uh Snow White. Snow White. You wanna give that one a try? No. <laughs> uh, Snoopy. Okay. That's gang. Wow. Uh, the Simpsons family. Well, so just the Simpsons. So just, just the Simpsons. Just yeah. Simpsons. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yep. Shrek. Oh boy. Rugrats. <laughs> Shrek. Rugrats. Yes. Shrek. Sure. The Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz. What? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Minnie Mouse. Okay. Minnie if you Mouse. have Mickey, you gotta have Minnie. You gotta have Minnie. Kermit the Frog. Okay. Godzilla. Godzilla. That I need to find. And Big Bird. Okay. Big Bird. Yes. And last is Alvin and the Chipmunks. Wow. The Bagdasarian Estate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did I tell you? Uh, I, I did a, a guest voice on... Um, uh, in the Chipmunks' squeakwool, 
No. Of the squeakle. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they had the chip hats and stuff. But I, at the time, I was voicing this animated gopher uh, for NASCAR on Fox Sports. And the guy that ran it, David Hill, was a huge animation fan. And he was like, Australian gentleman. And he's like, I'm going to make the next SpongeBob. And it's going to be a gopher. He's the guy that made the glowing hockey puck for NHL on Fox. Okay. He's the one. Uh, so he made a, the gopher cam, which was a HD camera embedded in the racetrack. So the cars would drive over this camera. So it's like a gopher's POV. And uh, of That's course, fun. they they wanted to make these shorts. And, uh, you know, NASCAR fans are like, I don't want to see an animated gopher. I want to I see race cars. So... <laughs> I want to see Rex. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he tried very hard to make that a fixture of, of that program, NASCAR, but it just didn't work. But the last attempt was to uh, insert uh, him in the Chipmunks movie, and I'm in that. So I got to meet Ross Bagdasarian. Is it Ross? One of the, one of the, the heirs to the Bagdasarian estate and, like, okay. You know, he came in uh, wristwatch first. This wristwatch was like the size of a sewer cover. Wow. Like <laughs> diamonds the size of our heads on this watch. <laughs> like, ah, oh, just let me rest this here for a second. It's like, geez, chipmunks money. Yeah. Uh But it was cool. It was cool. Nice. Um, but let's, uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> talk about a real character. <laughs> the next short I wanted to highlight was a stage door cartoon. Did you have a chance to watch this one? No, I haven't. Uh, okay. Please I'll, refresh I'll... me on all of these because you are the expert. I'm just the dumb actor that reads words. One of them you're in. So I, I don't know how much of a refresher you need on that one. But uh, this was a first Freeling cartoon from 1944. A story by Michael Maltese, animation by Jack Bradbury, and the voices of Mel Blanc and Arthur B. Bryan. Just a moment, hold your horses. It's one of them the Bugs Bunny cartoonies are coming on. I uh, just don't let the critters doings. Sit, son. I ain't gonna miss this one. Very nice. Um, this actually has Elmer hunting bugs at the very beginning with a fishing pole. He's oh. fishing in the hole to to get bugs, you know, obviously on the end of it, and uh bugs plays into that and ties it around and onto Elmer's back back end yeah. and uh, and then just reels him through the the whole circle there of holes that he's created and See, uh, antics start yeah it wasn't <laughs> always a gun I bet you think I'm going fishing no believe it or not I'm hunting a certain wascoey wabbit it wasn't always gun viewers the gun lovers <laughs> watching this right now it wasn't always a gun nope Imagine if we took the fishing pole away. All the fishermen. That would be like, <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? Elmer's so known for that fishing pole. How dare you take that away? Uh, yeah, and the, uh, the, the funny thing is the gun comes out right after that. <laughs> oh, it's in but, his back pocket. <laughs> apparently. That's hysterical. Um, and, uh, and then Bugs runs off into a small town where they're playing the like a little vaudevillian number on stage and bugs goes up there and starts doing the famous like little scoot dance where he does the feet and like the <laughs> little shimmy On stage, and uh, at every exit, uh, Elmer's there with a gun, pointing him back out on stage. And oh, um, right, that this was like the the inception of like the start of that. And yeah. uh, I I just love how this short has the start of a lot of other things. Like this has the pro the prototype of Yosemite Sam is in this, uh, in the garb of a south southern sheriff, and <laughs> he has like it's Mel doing like a southern drawl, like a really deeper register yeah but it wasn't yosemite yet but like you could see the the makings of him yeah it's very interesting like the placement of yosemite and you know 
Uh, I love Fred. I, I mean, it's it's so like part of how he already sounds. Um, yeah. But they changed it, it, it even. Yeah, Tata Shore. It, it it even changed within his performance from performance to performance. You know, like depending on what character and what type of Yosemite he he was playing. So okay. it's very interesting. Like these characters. Period. You know. Um, yeah, a lot of evolution. Oh yeah, and, and and depth and layers and all that stuff that you kind of have to, uh, you know, pay attention to the history. And then while we make these new ones, like a lot of callback jokes, uh, you know, uh, it's it's just funny revisiting and trying to kind of add on to what whatever they did already uh, with some of these like characters acting as other characters or characters losing their voice and and playing other accents and stuff like that. Well, I, I think it's coming across very respectfully, and I love all of the nuances that the that you and the voice cast have really put into it. So, oh, thanks. Great job. <laughs> um, this is also uh, this is also a short that introduced the "What's Up Doc" theme, which is Bugs' signature song uh, that plays over his title card. And the hair diving gag that is in this um, has been reused in its own short uh, with Yosemite Sam and hair diving hair. That was, they, they go to see uh, a show called Fearless Freep in the high diving act, but Fearless Freep cancels. So then Yosemite Sam makes bugs do it. He's nice. Like, I paid to see the high diving act and I'm going to see the high diving act. You know? Yes. <laughs> All right, Sam. All right. Thank you. Climbs up. <laughs> back and forth, like over and over again. It's just them going up and down that ladder. Yeah. And uh, it's just uh, all, every gag and every possible outcome you could think of um, for the same situation over and over again. I guess that's that's the, the funniest thing about like these cartoons. It's like, that's sometimes, sometimes that's all it takes is like, Here's one situation. Think of 50 different things that could right. happen here, like sawing the, you know, the, the board and then like bug stays, but everything else falls, you know, like every gag or every time you think it's going to go one way, it goes the other way. It's comedy gold and the way that they changed everything up really works and, it, and the payoffs are so classic and I feel like they, they stay with us. Like as we get older and we still revisit these, those jokes are still funny yeah and that's absolutely. the magic that's the magic of having really great storyboard artists and really great comedic voices and yeah. just it all worked together um so yeah this short introduced that gag and uh and then it came back and uh yosemite was the pratfall of that so um yeah i i, I really like this, uh short it's it holds up there's a lot of really great references in it and uh and bugs gets to do his famous dance in it so yeah. Highly worth checking out. So I wanted to go from that preliminary cartoon to something that was influenced by a lot of the classics. Uh, and some of these are my favorites. So we have Baseball Bugs, Hair Raising Hair, and Water Water Every Hair are all kind of mushed together in this new story, which we have called Big League Beast, which is <laughs> on the uh, second episode of the new Looney Tunes cartoons starring Eric Bauza as uh, Bugs, Fred Taskashore. Uh, Tadashore, yeah, Tadashore. It's, a, it's, it's a funny name, just like him. He's a funny guy. <laughs> funny guy, funny name. Thank you, uh, as Gossamer, and Tom Kinney as Dr. Frankenbeans. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the Boris Karloff caricature lives on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So happy when I saw that Tom was on that one and uh, you know, I, I love that these guys, all the heavy hitters, have a chance to to uh, claim a character in in this run of Looney Tunes. It's always nice to work with uh, someone like Tom, who uh, you know, I you know him and and Billy West. You know, I always kind of equate them to, you know, as far as like who's the you could say Jeff Bergman is is the closest match to like Mel Blanc, if you ask right. me, in my opinion, uh, especially in his heyday. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, right out the gate, he was doing a million and one. 
And by the way, a million being all of Mel Blanc's voices, and then one being Arthur Q. Bryant's. Like you know, he, he did Elmer just right, as good right. as he did Bugs. It's it's insane watching box office bunny. Very talented uh, man. Yeah, watching him just waltz between three characters. Um, but if you're going to talk about who's most like Mel Blanc, uh, and that for me would be Billy West, because you know, aside from the very fact that he can do uh, all of, you know, Mel Blanc's impressions, you know, like he could do a Bugs. He, he was Bugs in Space Jam. Mm-hmm. I, I'm talking about the fact that he's created original characters, like a multitude of like, an entire universe of characters coming from one man, all sounding different, all having like the same kind of qualities that Mel Blanc put into his characters. They were so different from one another, like Fry, Farnsworth, Zoidberg, Zaff Brannigan, you know, Stimpy. I mean, like every one of those characters is uh, unique to him. Uh, And that is like looking at Mel Blanc, he created characters that, you know, kids to this day are running around in the schoolyard doing impressions of you know and the same thing goes with for tom you know he's he, he he can do impressions uh he can get in the pocket but he's also to me he's more notoriously known for creating characters and uh uh you know maybe love- maybe less mel blank but tom kenny can sell a joke that is like yeah. if it's his superpower like indefinite superpower is that I, I think there's a reason why there was like a, like a, a I mean, he still gets high. I mean, he works every, he probably works eight days a week, you know, like, um, <laughs> uh, but honestly, it's like he is on so many shows because of his ability to sell the material and make it funny. Like that's the craziest, you know, he can make anything funny because he's so funny and between yeah. takes he's either, riffing more he's still thinking about the line like i've seen him like he he's he's still like you like looking at the script or if he's done with it he he turns to you and he starts talking about uh bowser man i i bought this uh this this new jazz record yeah man you gotta hear it you know he's thinking about music his other passion and singing um you know but anyways uh, i've gone off on a tangent I love when after Bugs has entered the the castle, his I, I think it's his first line. He goes, "And so it begins." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It feels it's, so off the cuff, but it's it's so funny to me every time I watch it. I laugh at that. Yeah, moment. Tom's delivery in that uh, episode is so bizarre and so like unusual. <laughs> but again, that's him, right? That's that's yeah. like he. You could hear the joy and the fun that he has uh, performing these roles, and um, you know he appreciates uh, characters like that, like the weird side characters that are there just to, uh, you know, be foiled by bugs. And, um, you know, he he knows exactly what's going to happen in the end. And, uh, you know, whether he's playing the leading sponge or just the creepy doctor in the back that, you know, you see him at the beginning and then you see him at the end getting his butt kicked. That's how much, importance he adds uh and gravity to even just the smallest role uh but it's great recording that knowing that that came out too in the first release because i only saw animation tests for that like recently so i feel like they wanted to have something that was like really really good up front for the premiere yeah. Like, you know, I, I, you know, you and I have both seen, uh, you know, Curse of the Monkey Bird, you know, it's been done. It's, it was the first, pretty much the first short done. Uh, and it's premiered been done at for Annecy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's, mm-hmm. it's been in the can for, for such a long time. And um, uh, I feel like, you know, stuff like the, the baseball bugs one, I did not think that was going to make it like in the first round and and sure enough, everyone's getting a treat to see it. So I'm glad they put some, like that animation's incredible. It is. And I I just love all the influences that are in here. I love the the storyline. Baseball and Bugs Bunny are as American as apple pie. Oh, absolutely. Like for me, if, if baseball and Bugs are involved, I'm there. And I watched this and it, it blew my mind. I was just, it was so respectful and I loved how the comedy works and it feels fresh, but also like a throwback, if you will, to like the, the classic era. I mean, so, I mean this entire, Oh, thanks. And I, I'm sure 
the 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 team that's going to be watching and listening will will be saying thanks as well but it's like this entire run is is like that you know with almost everything and uh the more you clue into that especially as a performer the easier it is to kind of like get the the lines done uh you know perform exactly how you know you kind of hoped or imagined or kind of guessed how anyone would have, you know, from the thirties and forties would have delivered these lines, especially like Mel. So. So our listeners know I'm going to go over the plot real quick. So this is Bugs trying to watch the big game on a little TV in his hole and it's raining and his rabbit ears go out. Uh, It's kind of ironic (laughs) that Bugs has rabbit ears for cable. And uh, he looks across the way and he sees a giant castle with a huge antenna on the side of it. And he's like, well, I guess they have, they have cable. I'm going to go watch the game over there. Of course. And, <laughs> and he just kind of lets himself in uh, the way Bugs always does. Just yep. goes for it. And the mad scientist there is just disgruntled with, with Bugs just coming in. And he goes to his, his monster, Gossamer, wakes him up. And that's his security system. Yep. And You uh, know Gossamer what to do. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gossamer just tries to get Bugs out of there. One, another one of my favorite segments is when Bugs has the game on the big master computer. And he, <laughs> he has a beer or a root beer or something. Yeah. And he, he asks Gossamer to open it for him. <laughs> and then there's that weird look up that Bugs does where his eyes pop out of his head yeah. to look at Gossamer. Yeah. And then he just shrinks and he's like, Oh, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think he says. I'm, I think I'm gonna miss the seventh inning stretch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and then like you know the design of Gossamer. They went back to those disgusting, weird Lee press on nails that he has, like the, with the, oh, with yeah. the <laughs> black tips and the yellow, uh, you know, color to them. And uh, yes, I feel like again, very they, they went. They went for it, and. Um, you know, yeah, Gossamer is definitely one of the. I was hoping that I'd get to do the. Ooh, monsters lead such interesting lives. You know, like continue that. <laughs> oh, you know, the closest is you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put sneakers on him, these sneakers on him, but uh, right, you know, it didn't quite call for like a fancy hairdresser where that's like, you know, you know, <laughs> this, <laughs> this hairdo is just not it, it's not becoming of you at all. You know, and. Um, uh, I just, you know, that that killed me as a kid. I, I just loved, I loved how it was still Bugs, at, but just as soon as he put on a different personality, the, you know, his antagonist would just be like eating out of his hand, you know, like, would right. be like, really? Like the, the, the Elmer Bugs pool episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Pool bunny? It, yeah, yeah, where where he's like, Oh, those those uh, those slippers! Now I never would have worn. You know, like he comments <laughs> on the fashion, and Elmer's like he goes from mad to concerned. Like, really? You know, like you, you wouldn't. You know, like, and then he gets all self conscious, like or, within seconds. Or when you are the um, the pool guard and you tell him he has to have a buddy, and then Elmer yeah. gets all anxious. He's like, "Oh, I need to find a buddy." Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's just like simple stuff like that. I love it. Again, is like it. It's so so dumb. (laughs) Like (laughs) it makes Elmer look like an idiot. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, you're falling for it. Right. But it's just so funny. I don't know. There's something about it. Well, I love that it's a foot gag because it allows Bugs to put on a gas mask, which we've never seen before, which is really cool. Uh, Seeing a bunny wearing a gas mask is a really unique visual. And something I actually played around with in a short film where I took the Easter bunny and I kind of made it post-apocalyptic and I had the Easter bunny going around with a, a gas mask on. Yeah, no, that's, that's I mean, how, how fitting for the times. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. And then you get to do a fashion shoot. Like bugs is yes. a fashion Stretch shoot. Stretch your stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's, that's where the, the, uh, the hairdresser voice can kind of come through yeah. in the fashion show, you know? Uh, and again, it's just, uh, it's bugs just, uh, stoking the fire, you know, (laughs) get, get really, really now turning it on and, uh, you know, convincing this monster, like, you know, 
but of course he's a he's a gorgeous creature you know uh, and and uh, really we is. all are inside yeah. <laughs> and uh, hey you try you try having that hairstyle all your life you know i mean and look as good as gossamer it's tough uh, <laughs> but yeah it's like you know it's bugs at his at his at his bugsist i guess you could say it's, i would it's say classic that. bugs I, I also love when gossamer gets flushed down the toilet and he has all that hair but he also shrinks down he looks like a muppet almost yes 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 yes. that's so funny and again it's like it's that scene where uh what's that which original shirt where gossamer is in the little rowboat (laughs) and he's like shrunk down i think uh that's hair raising hair yeah yeah and uh so so the short continues and bugs has obviously gossamer pegged and he can do whatever he wants to him because of his vulnerability and tricks him into getting taken by an octopus in, in one moment. Yes. Um, and then later on, we have Bugs kind of reacting or reenacting a, a baseball scenario where he has the mad scientist and Gossamer believing it's the big game and they're a, a part of it. And I love yeah. the announcer voice that you came up with, that it's Bugs and oh, the announcer like, combined. And I just, I really got into it and then you have tom kenny doing that really like pathetic to throw the ball yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well it's like you know track 45 uh rancho cucamonga (laughs) you know it's that it's that voice that mel blank did as like the train announcer but like of course like in a basketball or a a baseball game we do it again the gag does come back in in, in basketball (laughs) basketball bugs that's what I thought was going to come out, but I don't know if they're like, maybe we should hold off because of Space Jam or, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, kind of beat LeBron to the punch. We want to give that one its own rollout. But I feel like, you know, uh, wait till you see that short. That's like definitely something that, uh, you know, um, uh, that was one of the first ones I recorded. Actually, one of the first ones I recorded alone because I remember uh, oh. Roger Craig Smith, who plays like this big bully antagonist that challenges Bugs to a game of street, like street ball. Uh, he couldn't record with me on the day, but uh, uh, that was that was an odd one. It was so early, and it was still like, oh boy, now I have to do Bugs by myself. Like, I you know, not that acting on your own is is um, hard but obviously you want the other actor there but you know it was so early on in my in my uh run as bugs it's still early on but i mean we're talking like weeks where i'm like okay i I just started to get comfortable like thinking that i can do this voice now i have to do it by myself with like my own acting like boy i'm I'm so screwed oh Um, man but that's another one where it's like bugs is uh commenting on the basketball player as the game is happening and he's got like you know glasses and a microphone and like here we are (laughs) you know the fourth quarter of the game you know and uh (laughs) it's it's so fun to see him say something and say something silly and make the bad guy do it like now he's wearing (laughs) diapers you know like oh my god why would he be wearing diapers he's a grown man you know like it's stuff like that uh, where Bugs, again, he's, he's just the magician, you know? I love these ideas that are coming from this team. Um, you have Kenny Pittenger, who directed this uh, short, and he's directed a lot of the shorts that have already been released, and I'm assuming he's going to continue oh, yeah. um, on with the series. Um, and you have Andrew Dickman, who's a writer on this, and storyboard artist, uh, Johnny Ryan, Jacob Fleischer. Um, and then you have these wonderful character designs uh, from Jim Soper doing Gossamer, uh, Dan Haskett doing character designs oh, and Aaron Spurgeon doing backgrounds. It's it's just like a phenomenal team. And like, even you talking about their, them doing a basketball episode, it's not only fondness for space jam that I think audiences have. It's also like the old games. Like there's an SNES yeah. uh, basketball game featuring the Looney Tunes that I had as a kid. And nice. I, I love playing that. Like it was, it's so, there's so much rich material to pull from and i love that they're doing this like i love that they're they're going back to like the roots but they're also pulling these abstract concepts for them to do um there's also like a a painting episode uh that 
came out with uh, Elmer trying to be a painter yeah. and him wanting to be on the front page of a magazine <laughs> and then bugging in the way. Like there's just, there's so much material here that it's refreshing, but also new and exciting. Yeah. Do you feel that as a, as an artist and as a. Oh yeah. Like a I, again, it's like, it's, it's so hard to, you know, it's, it's almost like when you make a cartoon, that same excuse of, Oh, the Simpsons did it. You know, like if, if right. you're looking at animated <laughs> sitcoms, there's always that, like, you got to run, here's a gag that we think is brand new and original, but then you're like, okay, we're living now in this age of like, Oh my God, so much, so much content is out there. It's kind of hard, you know, even within itself, even within Looney Tunes, you know, like I said, it's like 2011, you know, is when 2011 is when Looney Tunes show started. And then a couple years Mm -hmm. go by that show goes, but at the same time they were making Wabbit and then new Looney Tunes. And then that kind of had its run. And, and, you know, like now, now it finally has a home. Thank goodness on HBO max. They're showing more new episodes there. And then, uh, uh you know and then we have looney tunes cartoons so it's like so many different versions so many different cycles and so many different ways you can do a callback to something that like it you know you can't help but be like okay is it is it just stealing too much from the same joke or is it like its own thing did someone else do it like we got to do research but uh you know it's 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 that's the challenge right is is once you have this like okay here's the joke how can we, how can we make it different? Or how can we like, you know, do you see the fly? That fly? Yeah. He finally made an appearance. He finally made an appearance. Flew right hey, past you. What about this episode? <laughs> I got something to say. Um, old dad fly. West in peace, horse fly. Yeah. Tweety bird with a slingshot. Tweety versus a fly. I'd, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> a horse fly too so i mean it's a it's a kind of a challenge so while i have you on this show i make it a point to talk about the world of mayhem the mobile app game nice. that has looney tunes involved and technically it's around a looney land technically that is the first time i've ever voiced bugs and that that goes to oh, okay, uh, david cool. pez hoffman he was before we recorded looney tunes cartoons that was the very first time I recorded Bugs. And like one of the most nerve wracking, like I have pictures, I have pictures. I took pictures of the scripts, like lined them all up. And it's so crazy (laughs) to see like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. Not not only am I like voicing Bugs for the first time, here I am thinking, okay, Bugs is enough. Like it's hard enough to voice Bugs. But then there's like Daffy, Sylvester, Tweety, Taz, Foghorn, barnyard dog granny because they're like we have no budget (laughs) no budget no budget can you do granny and i'm like oh oh sylvester what are you doing leave that bird alone and then they pitch it up slightly and it's it's just uh you know june's gonna haunt me um (laughs) how dare you you're the pecan pie kid yeah. That's June Foray yeah. you're referring to. I fed her, uh, I fed her pecan pie, by the way, at a, at a Looney Tunes show session. I told you about that story. Oh, that's right? wonderful. Yes, that's yeah. a wonderful story. Uh, I was actually fortunate enough to see June uh, back at Chuck Jones's Centennial celebration in Britain. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, she she uh, spoke at uh, at the conference there, and uh, that was amazing. So cool. Um, yeah. But um, a World of Mayhem, uh, what would you like to talk yes. about regarding that game? So I wanted to know what voices you do, which you just went over, and if you have any uh, favorite character designs. Oh my God, that fly almost killed me. Um, my oh no. fa- my recent favorite design of of the uh, of the the game is uh, Zoot Suit Daffy. Like just that yeah. pose alone that they did, where he's doing the thing. Uh, <laughs> like I was like, damn, that's so great. Uh, I mean, Bugs and Drag is, is always good. So uh, you know. Spear and Magic Helmet Bugs is uh, is wonderful. <laughs> magic Helmet. Yes, Magic Helmet. And I will give you a sample. Like, of all the things that I got to do, uh, uh, of the commercials that we did, was was that. I don't know if you saw that spot where it no. was Bugs and Elmer doing, like, a little bit of the... Uh, I didn't get to really... What's s- up, Doc? Yeah, I didn't really get to sing much as... Uh, as bugs but i i got to say 
magic helmet, you know, and I, and I got to do yeah. all that stuff in a commercial for Looney Tunes World of Mayhem. I'm sure it's on my Instagram if you scroll back, but uh, if you go on their Facebook or on their Twitter, I'm sure you'll find it in the media, like the video or picture posts. But uh, yeah, I got, I, there's a whole session where I sang everything. And it oh, was, wow. it was like, can we use, how much of it can we use? And I think that's why it was so short. It's like, mm. say one sentence and that's all you can have for free. Anything past that, you're going to have to spend like royalty license fees for a song, rightfully so. Sure. Um, even within itself, rights. that's the yeah. thing. Even, even within Looney Tunes, you have to charge Looney Tunes for using Looney Tunes. It's crazy. <laughs> you're like, uh, don't. Aren't aren't we aren't aren't am I Warner Brothers? <laughs> like, aren't we all one thing? And it's like, no, it's like we're all parts of a pie. Um, well, one day you'll get the licensing for the shirts, and then you can have your own line. Oh my god! And won't have to worry. It's about like, it. <laughs> what, what what do I gotta do? What what voice do I? Hello, like hi. Can I get licensing rights to little old me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, geez, like I. Bugs Bunny. You'd think. You would think. But no, it's fine. You would think. So uh, before I let you go, I wanted to bring up Comic-Con because that's coming up uh, for the 80th celebration. There's a panel. And also the new Looney Tunes uh, cartoons have a panel. Um, Yes. So what do you want to tell our audience about those things and where you will be so thursday this thursday you have you have no time if if you're watching this past thursday then you've already missed it uh (laughs) however if you're still watching this before thursday thursday june july 23rd uh at 4 p.m on the uh youtube uh channel for san diego comic-con at home uh you can watch the 80th birthday uh experience as they're calling it the experience at home uh, you have to provide your own basket of carrots and uh, bunny ears for that. But it's Billy West. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can attach them to the headphones. Uh, Billy West, Jeff Bergman, myself, uh, Pete Browngart, Jerry Beck, Leonard Malton, and uh, another gentleman, I, his name escapes me, uh, hosted by Yvette Nicole Brown. Uh, all of us just talking about our love for Bugs Bunny. Uh, you know, I mean, the fact that I'm on a panel with Billy West and Jeff Bergman, like, that's ridiculous. I feel like I should be the guy parking cars and everyone should be inside <laughs> having a party. But um, I, I am just uh, honored to, to, uh, to, to be a part of that panel. And then on Sunday, they're having a... Uh, panel for Looney Tunes cartoons. I don't know what time. I think it's 11 a.m. I could be wrong, but uh, check your check your local uh, listings on uh, your TV guide, and uh, uh, we're, we'll be talking about Looney Tunes cartoons, uh, along with Jeff Bergman again, uh, Bob Bergen, uh, Candy Milo, myself, Pete Browngard, Alex Kerwan, uh, Aaron Spurgeon, uh, and uh, I'm sure I'm missing someone else. That, I mean, it was a packed panel. Uh, but uh, I guess it's all in anticipation and celebration of uh, Bugs's 80th, and they will be, I think, someone had posted today the box set that is coming out. It is a brand new Bugs Bunny box set that is featuring all of uh, what Jerry Beck thinks uh, as as the must-haves. I, I have no problem double-dipping when it comes to these. Yeah. So I've already bought the Golden Collection and then the Platinum Collection. Oh, I have the, the Platinum Collection. You know, <laughs> my God, I have the original ones. Yeah, like the Golden... Yep. The, the How many? Eight volumes or something? The last one was like all the war cartoons. Uh, yeah. But also... <laughs> uh, spoiler alert! Uh, Dropping a new episode during that panel. So uh, oh, there will be okay. a new episode... Uh, during that, Do you know panel. the name of it. Uh, I Can you give that. Away? You know what's so funny? Because I think they sent it to me, and I never <laughs> oh, watched it. So they're like, pretend like you watched it, and it's like, comment, add your comments below. You know, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, 80, 80 years for bugs, and I hope years. there's here's to eighty more. You know, and yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time talking with you. I don't think I don't think this will be the last time we talk on your podcast. I hope not. I hope. Uh, I hope not. Uh, my goal Thank is you. to wear every Looney Tunes hoodie on your show. Uh, you know, 
that's a bold statement. I'm sure you have like 50. (laughs) In this closet. uh, There's more. There's more for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Eric, for being on this show. And our listeners can follow us at This Means Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And follow us on Facebook at This Means Podcast. Um, Eric, I thank you for being on the show. It's been a blast. I can't wait to watch more of these shorts and I can't wait to talk more with you about them. They got to start dropping more sooner. That's my only request and my only, you know, uh, you know, I, we're, we're, we're no stranger things. I don't think people are going to wait two more years for just four more shorts. I think we got to keep feeding people this content. And I mean, we are making a thousand minutes of it. Uh, so, Hopefully we can get through the first thousand and uh, sooner and that way we can make another thousand uh, just like these ones. I would concur with you on that. I, I want them to open it up too. I want to see a, a short, like a Bugs Bunny short directed by Jamie Hewlett. You know, he's a big Looney Tunes fan. Uh, I don't know why, but he follows me on Instagram uh, and he did those amazing drawings of Bugs and Daffy, like in the gorillas in his Jamie Hewlett style. I want to see that move, like how the gorillas right. move like really dynamic poses, very minimal animation. But when it moves, it's like the smoothest, like, you know, like such good timing from all of those gorillas music videos. And uh, I would be so like, my mind would be blown if, uh, if they ever gave him the keys to the Cadillac to, uh, to take it for a spin on some shorts. That would be amazing. I, I hope that this series evolves and we get to have different artists come in and just do one-offs. Because I yeah. feel like the whole the whole spirit of Looney Tunes allows for that. Yeah, absolutely. It allows for that, that evolution. Um, well, Eric, as our audience always hears me say, that's not all, folks. And there's more to come. Uh, or as Bugs would say, and that's it. And that's the end. That's, that's like such a weird, <laughs> it's not like that's all folks. You've heard him say that in shorts, right? Yeah. He said it before and I'm like, and that's the end. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> gee, P- Porky has an end catchphrase. Why can't I? You know? Why can't he? I don't know. Yeah. But that's the end apparently. Uh, <laughs> till, till the next episode. You can follow Eric at Bowzilla on Instagram and check out his clothing line at retrokid.ca. And now on to our conversation with Cakeworthy. I am joined by founder and CEO of Cakeworthy, which is a brand that specializes in pop culture fashion. And I wanted to welcome on the show Brandon. Um, Brandon, how are you doing? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us and having a conversation about Looney Tunes and your brand. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Your designs and your website is a perfect go-to for pop culture fashion on the internet and for, you know, geeks like me to to fill up my closet with. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask, what was the inspiration behind Cakeworthy? And as a founder, what inspired you to uh, be so bold and put these wonderful licenses and designs on flannel? So uh, we have a little bit of a Cinderella story. Uh, The company started as an accident. I I used to be a teacher and uh, I've always been very arts and crafts. And I was screen printing t-shirts in my spare bedroom and selling them on Etsy. And uh, I think the first one I did almost sold right away. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So uh, I kind of started doing a lot of uh, black market kind of inspired designs uh, of my own and selling them on Etsy. And I started to get a really cool following and people were interested in buying. And uh, long story short, it grew from there to where we are today, uh, working with amazing licensed partners and retailers and we have a really awesome supportive customer base so yeah it's pretty cool excellent for your question on flannels um it started out of kind of nowhere we just saw this like trend of flannels coming in and we've always you know loved quotes i'm that person that can you know quote any movie or anything at like the drop of a hat So we're like, how can we combine, you know, these two things and 
Uh, so we started with a Peter Pan inspired flannel and people loved it. And, you know, it's people have been supporting that product since then. So we try and, you know, come out with new, fresh, funny or inspiring quotes on our flannels with each, you know, collection that we do. I'm also a big fan of movies and quotes. And I, in college, I had a quote poster where it was just nothing but quotes. It was a hundred quotes. <laughs> and I would just try to memorize, you know, my favorites. Do you have a, uh, a favorite quote that you've uh, got to put on a shirt or flannel? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, let me think. It's hard. It's like picking your baby. And we've done so many. Um, let me think. I love, I, I have to say, um, huge fan of Hocus Pocus, the Disney movie. Oh, and yes. uh, yeah, we got to do a licensed collection with that last year. And we did a Winifred flannel that said it's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. And I think that's probably the one I wear most. Nice. So you do uh, have a lot of licenses with Disney, which is fantastic. And obviously a very popular brand, <laughs> if I do say so. <laughs> And I really enjoyed that you were able to acquire a Warner Brothers license for this Looney Tunes tie-in uh, celebrating Bugs's 80th birthday, which is coming up. Um, how did that all come about? And was that your idea? So, uh, yes and no. It's kind of a, a long story, but I'll give it to you. So um, we ended up doing a collection for Disney Parks. And one of the buyers for the Warner Brothers Studios saw our product there and reached out and asked us if we'd be interested in making product for them. And of course, um, you know, Warner Brothers is a license that I've always wanted. So it was a, a very quick yes. And uh, from there, we worked a bit with them and I had just asked for an introduction and they introduced us to the uh, Canadian licensing team and we had a meeting and it was great and we got a license. Awesome. Did Looney Tunes have an impact on you as a kid growing up in Canada at all? Oh, absolutely. When I think of, you know, what I watched as a kid with my family, I would say that's probably the top. I think my, I know my parents still watch it. You know, I think it's, it's nice. such a cultural phenomenon that I feel like it's, it's timeless it's still just as funny today as it was, you know, back when those those original cartoons were airing. So for sure. Absolutely. And it is timeless. You can go back and watch those uh, shorts now and they're still hilarious. I'm still laughing. For sure. So Geek Tees used to be like basic black T-shirts with posters printed on them back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, was it this need for fandom that's fashionable that inspired Cakeworthy? And do you have any uh, moments within the process that really stand out to you as this is like this is important for Cakeworthy to do? For sure. I mean, when I started, um, part of you know the the thought process behind what I was making clothing for. Uh, when I was, you know, screen printing those t-shirts in my spare bedroom was <laughs> there really wasn't clothing that I wanted in store. I think mm -hmm. it was before you would see, you know, licensed products in stores like H&M or Forever 21 or even American Eagle, pretty much, you know, all these um, retailers now have licensed products. But back then it was really hard to come by unless you were shopping, you know, online at, uh, you know, uh, a pop culture niche kind of store. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this was even, you know, before like e-commerce was still huge, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same as it is today where, you know, you can get anything online and you can get it next day. Um, so for sure, I'm sorry, I forget what the, the second question was. <laughs> oh, uh, it was just about uh, milestones within the, the creation of Cakeworthy and, and getting it to where it is today. I mean, to ha so Disney was our first license. And I mean, we work with, I think, like eight or nine different licensors now. And Disney is definitely a very prestigious license. It's not, 
something that is just handed out. You really have to earn it. So honestly, I was extremely honored to, you know, have that license first. And I think that really helped pave the way. And um, what's the word, you know, it, it, it paved the way and it helped me, you know, learn the, the ins and outs and the best practices in this business. Cause really I don't have any formal business training. This, you know, has come, this company has been built from the ground up kind of just based on being an artist versus um, an entrepreneur. That's wonderful though. Like always support the local artists. And I'm really glad that this company exists and that you are at the head of it because having an artist driven line is so important these days it really shows like authentic uh, genuine appreciation for the clothing and what's on them so i think that's really great thank you yeah for sure i think that's i think if, if i would have to say what you know makes cake worthy you know attractive to licensors is that is that we're doing something you know different than uh all the rest you know i i try and when, when i speak with licensors about you know, why we want to work with them. I, I will specifically seek out, you know, brands that I'm passionate about and that I love and that I've watched. You know, I'm not just looking for any old franchise that, you know, we can take just art and slap it on a t-shirt. Like we, I really like to, you know, stick with things that I love and especially, you know, with, with Looney Tunes, it's, it's crazy just like, to have watched that growing up and to like know that in however many years that I would get to create product for that is crazy. So, you know, it's, it's almost like a full circle moment. So speaking of Looney Tunes, let's just uh, plow right into that. Was there a specific character you wanted to put on a piece of clothing for a, like a focused production or did you just want to focus mainly on bugs? So a little bit of both, I would say, okay. um, for this collection, it was really interesting. Um, normally, we, we run into this, but with Looney Tunes even more so, where you know we really have to narrow down, you know, how many products we're putting to market. You know, I'd love to put a hundred out, but we want to make sure what we put out is like the best of the best. And we had so many ideas for this, and there's so many characters in the Looney Tunes universe that. <laughs> it was so hard to, you know, narrow it down. So um, with it being uh, Bugs's 80th, we for sure wanted to put a focus in on that, but we wanted to do kind of an overall celebration of Looney Tunes as, you know, a franchise and um, some of our favorite characters. So that trickled into the, you know, pieces that made it to the final collection. Awesome. So speaking of Bugs, we rarely see him in drag on pieces <laughs> like this. And I love his vintage pinup pose that's on that shirt. And your, I guess your company is uh, a forefront of that because I've never seen that before. What was the inspiration behind putting this out there and who should we thank? <laughs> um, we have to thank Warner Brothers for being so supportive about that. Um, it's actually artwork that they created. Um, awesome. So with, uh, with licensors, there's normally like a database of artwork that you can access to, you know, manip manipulate and use however you want on products. And uh, we kind of knew going in, you know, Bugs Bunny and drag is so hilarious. It's like probably one of, if not the first experience um, or maybe not experience, but the first time we see like, rep or the first time we see drag in pop culture. Um, yeah. You know, the only other ones I can think of from when I was little is like that or Mrs. Doubtfire or even Kiss, which is kind of pushing it. But um, long story short, we, we knew we had to do something. And they actually had a lot of cool art, um, whether it be like final frames of Bugs and Drag or um, just, you know, artwork. And we saw that one and we were like, we have to use this in some way. So we put our own little spin on it and... Uh, put it on a tee and uh, when Warner Brothers saw it, they were, they were laughing. They were like, this is amazing. So they've been really supportive of that. So it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. I would also say uh, Tim Curry is a uh, Frankenfurter. From, true. Uh, I think of Yeah. True. <laughs> Although I, I don't know how many kids are watching that. <laughs> that might yeah. be just later on. 
uh, <laughs> when you when you catch that film. Um, sure. But as far as your your audience and and the people that are are buying and supporting Cakeworthy, uh, what do you want them to take away from wearing your merchandise? I just want people to have fun with their fashion. I think you know clothing is you know so representational of you know your um or it can be of your interests and i think we ha we have such choice now with where we're buying our clothes whether that be through like mass market retailers at the mall or independent brands online so you know my my goal is to just create product that people can have fun wearing and you know will almost be a conversation piece. What I hear a lot from customers is that they wear a product and they will be wherever and people will be like, oh my God, where did you get that? And oh my God, that's so funny or you know things like that. So creating those, creating the opportunity for, for customers to have fun and creating that conversation piece is uh, what I would say is most important. Awesome. Yeah, I would say as well, it's important to have a have your representation on your clothing and, and feel comfortable with what you're wearing. And I feel like Cakeworthy has a really good balance of putting out those certain IPs that people love on clothing that's comfortable. And I, I, mean, I know my wife has a couple of pieces already, and we just ordered a bunch from the Looney Tune collection, so I can't wait to get mine in. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so the flannels are a staple of Cakeworthy. Uh, was there any pressure on which character or pose was on the flannel for this uh, collection? I mean, I wouldn't say there was any pressure. I think with flannels being one of our like staple items that people know us for, it had to be, you know, the best of the best. And when it came to thinking about who that would be, obviously it has to be bugs. So um, we wanted it to be, a little bit more vintage looking, which is why we went with the, the distressed art, almost kind of nineties inspired something that you might, you know, have picked up off the shelf at, you know, Kmart in 1995, <laughs> when, you know, that's where you could find all the, the really cool, like vintage uh, Looney Tunes products. So that was kind of the inspiration behind that. Awesome. Uh, what goals does Cakeworthy have looking into the future? And can you tease any upcoming licenses? Sure. Um, so goals. I mean, like genuinely, every day I wake up and I can't believe this is my life. Like I'm, you know, creating creating product with you know franchises that I'm obsessed with and grew up with, and it's so cool. Um, you know, I just I kind of just want to continue to grow. I mean, we, you know, left and right are getting really cool opportunities. And I guess that's the, the path I want to be on. So I know it's, it's a hard question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I want to continue, you know, going up and having people, you know, love our product and connecting with, you know, our customers through that, you know, love for these franchises. Um, Absolutely. So for future licenses, the next one that we are launching is Cakeworthy X Golden Girls, which I'm super excited about. It's their 35th nice. anniversary. Yeah, so that was super fun. Uh, and before the end of the year, we have another one with Warner Brothers. Haven't announced that yet, but I'm sure you can imagine what that is. And... Uh, we have one with Universal, which is a new license that we haven't really announced yet, but uh, we'll have a collection coming out through them as well around Halloween. And next year, we have a ton of new licenses and new collections coming, so I'm super excited for that. Oh, that's incredible. That's so exciting. Yeah, for sure. It's it's next year, I we're officially have been a business for five years, so we're going to do 21 collections for 2021. Well, congratulations on all of that that success, and I will leave it to our listeners to speculate who or what properties you have in mind. We love teasing, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear what everyone thinks. And I thought I'd end on a really funny question. Uh, with the popular craze of caked-shaped clothing, are you planning a cake flannel on your social media? 
<laughs> do you mean with with people like cutting into things like yes. the <laughs> that's hilarious we should <laughs> your idea i'm gonna steal that <laughs> yeah go for it <laughs> i'd love to see it speaking of social media where can people find and follow Cakeworthy the brand so you can find us at uh, www.cakeworthystore.com and our socials are at Cakeworthy. I want to thank both of my guests for being on the show and it's been a delight to have them on. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. Please like, subscribe, and follow all of our social media accounts and stay tuned for more Looney Tunes content coming at you very soon because that's not all, folks. Ooh, I thought I heard a podcast. It's Tweety Bird, and you're listening to This Means Podcast. Oh, look out for that cat Sylvester. He'll get you.